It's not the future. It's the now. There's something special about the atmosphere. There's something special about the electricity in the air. It is the hottest thing going today, and absolutely nothing in this world compares to NXT. Tonight, we furnish the black and gold brands rep for delivering the hottest action in sports entertainment, and it's a brand new ball game, and the carnage speaks for itself. Undisputed, baby. And welcome back to another, wait a minute, it is not another episode of FK NXT. It is a random bonus episode. Ooh. This is your boy, uh, the Nando. <laughs> since, uh, Ooh, who are we? Uh, it's yeah. your boys. Your boys. Ooh. <laughs> the boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so as you can already tell, this is definitely not a regular season episode of Half K NXT, and uh, we may not even know who we are at this point. We don't. We for sure don't know. I don't know who I am right now. I don't know. <laughs> we're we're trying out many new things on this uh, this return, I guess, kind of return half half K return. You I mean, it's kind of like a return and a send off for the year at the same time. Ooh, that I, that's. Is that what they call like a double-edged sword, or uh, what, what's the other thing where it's like both a negative and a positive? Uh, when it bittersweet, yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. So it is very bittersweet because it's to new beginnings, but it's also saying farewell. Yeah, yeah, just for the year, really. I mean, it's like not like we're going nowhere. Yeah, welcome back. This is a one-off bonus episode where, yeah, we're trying out multiple new things where we have a brand new two mic setup Ugh. we're trying out a new bonus episode where it's the best of Ugh. and uh i'm just trying out these new sweatpants like so. <laughs> pajamas <laughs> they're really just pajamas pjs baby <laughs> so we are going to go into the best of 2019 not the best of the decade, but 2019 only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, we're just kind of picking our overall favorites, uh, our favorite matches of NXT for 2019. They're not in any particular order. We're pretty much going to go chronologically where mm-hmm. I'll start off with my matches and we'll just kind of bounce back and forth. If we, because we don't know each other's favorite matches, but once we say one and if we actually pick the same one, then we'll just kind of like review it together at mm-hmm. that point. So let's get into our best of NXT 2019. <laughs> so I will uh, kind of recap and say that we are going to do it in chronological order from the beginning of the year to the last few rounds of uh, NXT and the last takeover. And yeah, if we because we don't know each other's matches. So once we say one. And if we happen to have the same match, then we'll kind of just discuss it together. But if it's just our individual pick, then we'll just kind of break down why it was uh, one of your favorite matches. I think we're both not 
ranking them all at all either. We're just kind of mm-hmm. like listing our overall favorites of the year. Cool. So for me, I'm going to go back to February of the year and February 27th, uh, 2019. This is when NXT was still numbering their episodes. So I have it as NXT episode 494. Nice. <laughs> and this was actually the first on NXT anyway, because I know these guys have been wrestling on the indie scene a lot. But is the singles match between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Nice. So that is, uh, did you have that one on there? You know what? You know what I put? I put Lee versus Dijakovic, all of them. All of Okay. Because so- like, I've liked all of them for like different reasons. Just because like, I didn't want to, I could have put one of those matches like single and then I would have like five taken up on my list. Yeah. So I just did all of them just because like each one like stepped up every time right, right yeah that first one was nuts because for people who never seen it yeah i never seen it so i didn't know that they they ran that in the indie scene a bunch of times yeah, yeah, but yeah. like to see it in nxc i'm not gonna lie i had never seen it so i was like whoa what the heck is no this? no I, i'm literally on the same boat where i have not seen any other matches on the indies and just to see that exposure and i think that was kind of the the magic of this match and i'll kind of move ahead where i think what we can do now is just kind of cover all of them because I did have their second match nice. listed as well. But we'll, we'll let's just talk about the first one and then we'll move on to the second and third one. Nice. Where, yeah, with the first one, I think it was the same thing where the NXT audience in Full Sail, I think, did a really good job of there's probably a lot of hardcore fans that probably did see those matches either live or uh, online mm-hmm. from their stuff on the indies. But you can tell it's probably, I'm going to say, the ratio of maybe 70 to 30 percent where 70 70 people 70 percent of the people probably didn't see those matches either so you can generally tell how shocked they were at all the moves that they were pulling out Mm -hmm. in that match so i think that's what sparked it the most where i was literally a part of that crowd too of just like not knowing how well these guys have already worked together you know yeah yeah. and then like it was really good for both of them because you kind of seen it a little bit in like the little matches that they were having. Yeah. But then, you know, like you seen Keith Lee do the 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 leapfrog and like a crossbody and like a drop kick mm-hmm. and like maybe a cartwheel. But it was like, oh, okay. But then once you seen him start going against uh Dominic, and it's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they was doing some real crazy stuff. So like I really appreciate all of the matchups that they had. I feel like they're gonna break the ring, but you know <laughs> they haven't done the Mark Henry big show spot yet. <laughs> I mean, you know what's crazy about that is that <laughs> you would think with them it would make way more sense just given the velocity of how quick they're moving. Like That's I know true. the Mark Henry, or you know, even the it's just what whoever suplexes either Mark Henry or the big show, you get the ring break. Like what Brock Lesnar did it. Yeah, Lesnar did it. He yeah. was the first one that did it with the big show. Yeah, so that was dope. Still one as dope as when Mr. Perfect Perfect plexed him. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's when he was hella fat, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh what's his face? When Goldberg just got him up for the the jackhammer. Oh, that was gross. Yeah. That was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. But yeah, dude, like Keith Lee and Dominic Djokovic do things that men their size are gonna regret in yeah. 20 years <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because i i think what made this match special too is because they probably knew that they wanted to just it's kind of like the appetizer which is perfect of why these uh three matches work so well because this is literally the appetizer where you're just like 
kind of the sleeper where you're just mm-hmm. watching it and then all of a sudden it, it it brought you in of like holy crap like these guys are really good and then as about as you're about to peak on your appetizers and it's done because mm-hmm. it's that's what it's supposed to be it's just yeah because what they had to double count out yeah, yeah 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 so at that point that's what really built it up and then before we get into the second match i think i know why it works so well too because because it was so much of a uh, an appetite is that everyone talked about it and then they didn't feud for like a good three to five months i think that's right it yeah. just like disappeared yeah and it was like ooh, we're doing it again yeah. because <laughs> i think one of them got hurt yeah Dijakovic Dijakovic got, got hurt yeah so actually yeah it was a good six months now that i'm looking at the the dates because that was in uh in february and when they ran it back for their second match on nxt episode august 28th 2019 that's when they finally did their mm, their rematch so, nice okay so they did do a really good job of actually no what they had done now that i'm remembering is they had brought it back two months later because they had some video packages saying like oh this was the match that they had two months ago and they were going to bring it back and i think that's when dijakovic got injured mm. and then then they suddenly just brought it back for this episode of nxt in in august but yeah that match to me will probably be one of my favorite matches of all time just because it was an element of everything that we just said where you remembered what they did earlier in the year and it was so special then that you always thought they would have a takeover match at some point to showcase that but they literally just kept running it on nxt NXT, right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. because then the second one is when they did Spanish fly off the top rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, man, they're not going to do it. And he, like you seen him start to set it up. I was like, oh, they're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're going to do it. Oh, don't yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I thought they were going to, like, not die, but I thought the ring was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? No, you can't. Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty much where it was the match that you wanted to originally see. But I think that's what made it so perfect is that the first one, had set up that match perfectly, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really good for Keith Lee to have those kind of matches because, like, they almost kind of tease something between him and um, Lars Sullivan. Mm-hmm. But didn't Lars Sullivan just end up beating him? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. Gross. I think, yeah, he did. They had, I think, a match on an episode of NXT, and I think they were just trying to build it as, like, the Battle of the Giants. And then that's when... Lars was starting to get his push for, I think, the NXT title or the North American title. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And, yeah, I think he just beat him clean at that mm-hmm. point. Boo. Yeah, dude. And then, um, man, what did they do in the third one that was really dope and different? So on the third one, also, just to kind of close that one. So Dijakovic actually picked up the win on the second, second man, one because he did that burning hammer into the knee finisher. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of it. I didn't call it. Feast your eyes? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I'll double check it later. <laughs> but yeah, so he picks up the win there. And then they kind of have the, I wouldn't say the rubber match, but just, I guess, Keith Lee's way to kind of get his momentum back in the third match. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that one, I believe the highlight from that match was the uh, Poison Rana that they did. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they do it from, it wasn't for the top rope, but it was uh, just standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. So I think you're, you're, uh, you're right when you were saying that each match they 
literally just were saving that special move to pull out at one of the geniusly booked matches mm-hmm. between those two dudes. Cause like the first one, it was like, Ooh, what was it? That was like really super dope. This fool, uh, DJ Kovic did like the Asai moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then they had the next one. It was like, what y'all doing? And they went to the top rope. It was like, Ooh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, what y'all going to do now? Like we done seen y'all do all the crazy stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then they was like, Ooh, watch this one. And that one was like, that threw it over the top. Cause it was like, y'all have no business doing that. Yeah. And it was like, boom. Was yeah. Like, oh, so yeah. No, they're ridiculous. And now they're going to win the tag titles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because at, at that point, then Lee finally got his victory over. So technically, they're they're even in their singles bouts in NXT. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now I was thinking the exact same thing. One, once they were doing the third match, I was like, well, that was cool. And I'm pretty sure they're going to go out for the NXT tag team titles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, they're just going to tag them together. Like, uh, they just gonna do them like, uh, <laughs> Seamus and Cesaro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all over again. Yeah. Two dudes that like kind of hate each other, had dope matches, and you put them together, and they're gonna be like a crazy tag team. Yeah. But then again, it's like now they got like Matt Riddle hanging out with them too. Like, oh, hey. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they be kicking it with Ciampa. It's like, what? Yeah, that's because they all became buddy buddy after the war games. Yeah, they thing. all got beef with the, <laughs> with the UE, baby. <laughs> but yeah, I think overall, they, were an amazing trilogy of matches just because yeah you look at it and on paper you're like oh this is just gonna be a nice uh big man match when they first fought back in february but then the chemistry between them you can just see like right away like how special it was gonna be and just knowing that they're big dudes but they both have so different uh they have such different body types mm-hmm. you know yeah ridiculous awesome Cool. So what uh, what is your match? All right. The first match that I have on my list is Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano at TakeOver 25. Ah, the Connecticut one. Yes. <laughs> NXT Connecticut, as I call it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So this one comes from NXT 25 slash Connecticut. <laughs> yes. A.K.A. Uh the <laughs> the Mansoor screw job <laughs> talk about that one later yeah uh but yeah no this was i really like this one because of uh like personally as a fan i remember in the first encounter that they have that was two out of three falls mm-hmm. i kind of knew that uh gargano was gonna win that one yeah so he can have his like real like that was kind of like his fairy tale like thing right there yeah, yeah yeah so like going into this one i didn't I don't know what I was thinking. Like in my mind, it was like, oh, okay, like Gargano's just gonna like defend the title and win and be done with Adam Cole for a while. He'll probably drop down and go for like the um, North American or something like that. Yeah. But then Cole beat him, and it was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So like for me, that was like it was a real big deal because I always like to see when like dudes win their titles for the first time. Yeah. So like I feel like as a fan, I was very. I marked out yeah, and yeah, just yeah. watched it and was like, oh, no, whoa. So, like, that was a really good one for me. Like, I really like just, like, good fought singles matches with, like, no, you know what I mean? Like, no, like, little gimmicks or nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you could have, like, your your interference in, but, like, just to have the match have not no gimmicks initially. Yeah. I think you're right because I think with NXT 25, it's going to have a little bit... Of, I'm going to be a little biased and a little controversial because technically this was supposed to be the one that we were supposed to see in san jose mm-hmm. but because of uh you know <laughs> travel and certain wrestlers screwing us over mm-hmm. <laughs> then they kind of just 
changed this around at the very last minute. And on top of that, it was because the previous pay-per-view, that's where uh, Ciampa got injured. Mm. So this was supposed to still be a continuation of Gargano versus Ciampa for the title. But since Cole and Gargano had wrestled the previous takeover for the vacant title, then it, it it's perfect because we all knew how amazing Adam Cole was. And uh, we can kind of speak to the argument of who... I think the wrestler of the the year was with uh, Adam Cole mm-hmm. because you're right. I think the match that they had at the last takeover was probably the stepping stone where he was at bat and he had an opportunity to, to go for it. Mm-hmm. But with this match, it was pretty much that he hit a home run and was finally able to kind of display all the work that he had been doing before. Yeah. So like with this title win, it propelled him to a whole nother level Yeah, because I don't even like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't even his time to do this. Yeah. He, it, he got an opportunity with, um, with Ciampa going down. Yeah. And like, he's still, you know what I'm saying? Like benefiting from this opportunity right now. Yeah. So that's why like for this one, for me, it was like one of my favorite matches, not even only just by the way that it was wrestled. Yeah. But because like, it was just such a good launching pad for somebody who maybe you didn't, really believe that he was ready at the time but just kind of like showed you like yes the hell i am yeah so like shout out to adam cole for like this one right here at takeover 25 yeah no i i agree i think for me that was uh probably one of my honorable mentions for for the year Mm -hmm. just because of the same reasons that you had mentioned where it was such a good opportunity where they kind of made the most of it with with champa being injured and now cole taking the the most making the most out of the opportunity and really standing out and it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of things especially on the main roster where we always build up to like a daniel bryan for example not not that i'm saying that he hasn't had good matches when he was champion Mm -hmm. but it was a thing where he had probably his better matches when he was like chasing the title Mm -hmm. and once he became the champion it was more that there was more gimmick or just kind of false finishes in his championship matches but I think that Cole had won his title in an amazing match. And since then, he's just never had a bad match, a, a bad title match. No, facts. Yeah. yeah, absolute facts. Like nothing it, but gold has come out of Mr. Cole. Yeah. If anything, it's it's the reverse where it's where it's the champion who became a champion and had even better matches now as a champion than he was chasing the championship. So because like it's a. Uh... So for like Daniel, like people who chase the title and have better matches, yeah, is different because it's like those people are the ones who are you know they're going to end up winning it, yeah. But since like or not Gargano, but Cole won it out of nowhere, mm-hmm. his good matches now come because it's justifying why he won it, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like ooh, oh, who man, who's gonna? It's like it's almost like Shayna Baszler, mm-hmm. like oh right, right. She just keep winning and you're like who gonna beat you yeah like we're like cole right now i'm like who gonna beat you yeah yeah, like yeah. champa <laughs> when like gargano's getting ready to come back so they can like resume and finish mm-hmm. what the hell they're doing yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting because you have kind of like a table for three scenario where it was mainly gar uh gargano and champa just having this two three year storyline and feud mm-hmm. and then cole was kind of just doing his own thing with uh, the UE on on the side. And then all of a sudden just kind of made himself 
pretty much the third and equal player to like this original uh pair and now it's like the trifecta pretty mm-hmm. much yeah so awesome pick <laughs> mm-hmm. cool so i will go back to uh the beginning of the year in march and i you would totally forget that this actually happened this year because of all the other tournaments that had happened with the breakout tournament and uh yeah with everything that happened with AEW and all these shows coming in the later half of the mm-hmm. year. But in the beginning half of the year, we actually had the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, there was so many good matches on there and there was literally one NXT episode where they had four matches and that was the mm-hmm. entire show. And to me, that was my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of NXT. Mm. But my favorite match from that episode was... uh the qualification match between Ricochet and Alistair Black mm. versus Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eicher. Nice. Okay. Because I think all the other matches were really amazing, but what they've done here was they kind of had that kind of, uh, we'll just pair them up just because they're kind of cool thing with Alistair Black and Ricochet, because I can't even really think about how they got put together, but they just did it. Yeah. They just like, did it. Yeah. <laughs> they just, no reasoning. No logic out of nowhere. It yeah. was like, you know what? Let's throw him on the main roster, but put him in the Rusty Rhodes yeah, table. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, yeah, they just kind of teamed them together, I, I guess, as like their farewell because they wanted to uh, at least have them on board before they, they headed out. Mm-hmm. And Bartel and Eichner were already tag teaming at this point, so it made sense that they were a team. But what I liked about this match is the same thing that you would think that Ricochet and Black wouldn't have that much chemistry together, but they really mis- you know, matched really well with each other. It makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, Barcel and Eichner already had like really good tag team chemistry and they really did it well where they balanced it, where they still made Black and Ricochet look like the stars that they were, but they gave those two guys in Eichner and uh, Bartel that they gave them a spotlight at that point. That whole match was random. Yeah. And great. Yeah. Like, for sure. No, I, I definitely see it in that pick. And I almost picked it. Yeah. Like, I was I was trying not to pick. Not trying not to, but I was like, you know what? Maybe not this one. Yeah. But no, that was a really good match. I watched it yesterday at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was watching it again, too. And just the spots that they were pulling off, it, it just made, especially Eichner, look like a star because he was hitting, like, those... Uh, cross rope like moonsaults mm-hmm. and it's his normal move set but just giving that stage where he's actually because he's done those matches against like lower tier guys or jobbers and then this is the first time he's like had that spotlight with a with like really big credible stars yeah in. like you know like just like the former nxt champ and mm-hmm. former like <laughs> north american champs yeah <laughs> so even though that they went down in losing fashion they i think they look like stars and it helped them build credibility into especially later on since they join emporium in the uh, later half of the year and mm-hmm. at that point you were like okay i buy it because they've they've built that credibility at that point yeah no yeah. you know what and then uh we can stay within the dusty rose classic mm. and i'm gonna go with diy uh, reuniting against the undisputed era on march 6th nice and like I was watching this match, like when I, 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 you know, I literally went, um, and went through each week of the year and looked at 
like what the matches were on. First, I did the takeovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I did um the individual episodes. And when I got to this one, I was like, ooh, I remember this one. So I had to watch it one more time. And it just reminded me how good it was because it was like the first time that you had seen them come together. Yeah. And then like just even from like the the entrance when they kind of both came out with their individual themes, they stood there and then DIY theme kicked in and then they went into the ring. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. that was really dope too. Yeah, so yeah. that was a good was, touch. And then uh just the way that um Ciampa was really playing into like how much he liked the title. Like they went and they were gonna do their little celebration, but like Ciampa's just like hold like you know, Gargano celebrating like he's old school Johnny Gargano, mm-hmm. and this fool's just holding the title and staring at it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, Oh, this is great. And then, you know, Kyle and Bobby always come with it. So mm-hmm. like that was just that was a really good match for me. It's just those little touches by him like staring at the title that it just I think that's the beauty of NXT that the main roster and I would even say not yet with AEW have done with like just building like those small details into the storyline mm-hmm. that just give it more of that that extra like oh man like they're really it, it's it's kind of like a movie at that point mm-hmm. where like yeah it's, it's, it's like just, they really just bought into what they were trying to convey to you so yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. great yeah no that I think that's a, a really good pick and I had forgotten that they were like teasing that little uh reunion but like still like not really you you as an audience didn't really weren't really sure if they were actually getting back together or if they really just were like secretly still feuding yeah Yeah, so like that was crazy and then i think what uh that's when they really started to find out that what um champa was hurt yeah yeah, so they were trying to put him in more tag team matches but that that match right there I don't think they knew he was hurt yet because they went all out for that one. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. That was a really dope match. Yeah. Nice. That is an amazing pick. <laughs> cool. So I will start going to... So I tried my best to at least do 50-50 where I try to do like half TV matches and half takeover matches nice. just because there were so many good ones on on both shows. But this will be my first takeover match and I actually have two so I don't know if you had any of these two matches, but I'm going to go first with NXT TakeOver in New York and the North American title between Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle. I don't. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so this is perfect. So uh, this is when uh, Velveteen Dream was the North American champion. And Matt Riddle, I believe, has had maybe two singles matches at TakeOvers by this point already. So I believe this is when uh, I forget who Velveteen Dream had beat before that. But oh, I think it was Adam Cole. Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was already building up. And what made it special is because, yeah, they were building Velveteen Dream. And at this point, he was NXT's like golden child other mm-hmm. than the NXT champion. And they were building him up and rising him up. And same thing. He's been having amazing matches and then you have matt riddle on the side doing his own thing doing the exact same thing of building credibility mm-hmm. by by just winning matches and showcasing his skill set but what i liked about this one is that it's that classic booking of that you're doing these separate builds perfectly and then finally they collide and it's kind of like the old school way of like how we really enjoyed the intercontinental title where i believe this is the as much as i loved adam cole being the North American title, I don't think he, uh, granted, he was the first one, but he didn't have anything that really 
made that title stand out as no, far as like not really. as, as a a a, a, ta- a, t- a top match with with that belt. I agree. And I think what Velveteen Dream was doing is that he's was having good matches and then he had this one with Riddle that kind of made that belt seem pretty much top tier even though it wasn't like the top title Mm -hmm. and yeah just them having just like the small build that they had where they didn't really hate each other but they really just wanted the best each other as just being like the best and at the same time riddle was getting his first title opportunity at the same time Mm -hmm. and yeah i was watching in the uh the video promo again too not too not too long ago and it's the same thing where they're just kind of digging at each other and it's just these little small things where like Matt Riddle was posting on Twitter that he had photoshopped himself with the North American title around his waist just to get into uh Velveteen dreams head that like, he's going to like beat him for the title. So it's just like those little small things were same thing where you're building off of uh social media to your advantage yep. to kind of like get into the storyline and getting into your opponent's head. But yeah, this match was really good where I think it, I, I think I, I was honest with you earlier or even maybe last year where I wasn't too much of a fan of Riddle's work beforehand just because I didn't see it that much. And his first few matches didn't really stand out to me. Yeah, that didn't much. show anything. Yeah, but I think this is the match that finally made me, uh, I, you know, he won me over and they just had a really old school like brawl type of match. Yeah. And yeah, at the end, you thought I honestly thought Riddle was going to win. But Dream ended up retaining. Mm-hmm. And I think that was perfect because you saw in his expression when he lost that, like Riddle like sold it. Like Riddle has amazing like facials mm-hmm. and he sold it really well when like he lost that he was disappointed, but he still gave him like I think the bro fist bump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just one of those like sleeper hits that it was overall a really good match. And I think it was just perfect how they just build these two guys and it's that's why I love NXT so much is that they're doing an amazing job of building new stars that this didn't rely on anyone like being the veteran passing down, like, or getting someone over mm-hmm. is literally two rising stars helping each other get over at this. Yeah, point. Yeah, that, no, that's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Nice. I like that. That was, that was a good one. Yeah. Oddly, you know what? I don't have any mad riddle matches on here, mm. but I do have a Velveteen dream match on here. All right. All right. Let's and see. that one is versus, my guy, Roddy Strong Ooh, and that, Pete Dunn. That was almost <laughs> on my list. I, I, you know what? That was actually the last entry on my list uh-huh. because I went back and I watched it again. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like this one. I don't like who won per yeah. se, yeah. but I like this match a lot. Like everybody got their stuff in. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that it was just a really, I thought it was a good match for all of them as random as it almost was. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just like, Hey, Velveteen Dream, Roddy Strong is trying to take this title from you. Yeah. Pete Dunn wants some of this too. He yeah. just lost to Walter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. He's still the man. Let's do it. Yeah. And it's like, man, it's a random match. And then they had it and it was like, oh, this is a great match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite matches of the year. Like the double stronghold <laughs> oh, yeah. was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. That was so good. Super ridiculous. Um, you know, just uh, what I think Roddy hit uh, done with the end of heartache. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those moves that I always pop for. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. totally absurd. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dream came in with his elbow and just did his thing and just wrapped that one up. So I I even like the finish as, as much as it was like 
just all this impact in the match and then like Velveteen sneaks one in there. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that was a real good one for me. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right where kind of the same thing that they were all kind of having their own feuds and beef with other people. And then it did seem a little thrown together when it first happened, but once the match got going, they just I mean, they're literally the one of the the three best guys that they have on the roster. So you know that they couldn't have a bad match. Mm-hmm. And they just did that where like they went out there and had a, an amazing match as it, as expected at yeah. that point. I think triple threat matches are dangerous sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you have dudes who individually, when you pair them together, mm-hmm. any combination of the of the three, yeah, can have a good match. But you just don't know if they could do it together. And they they all did it together. Like they all had singles matches against each other, and they were dope. Yeah. But just like seeing them all take what they were doing together and make it work in a triple threat capacity was really dope. Yeah, I think. It's similar to what we were talking about before when we were uh, reviewing an episode of season one NXT where I think it was probably the finals where it was uh, Otunga, uh, Brian, and... Oh, no, not Brian. Sorry. It was Otunga, Barrett, Barrett and... Uh, oh, Gabriel. Gabriel. Ah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. So it was those three guys and you can tell... You know, they've worked matches in FCW, of course, but this was like their first shot at the main roster. Mm-hmm. But I think what we were talking about in that episode is that I, I was even asking you the same question of like, how hard is it to run a triple threat match? Because it it did seem that they weren't too sure of like how to run it because they probably just didn't have that same level of experience of working with each other. Obviously, they didn't because mm-hmm. it was the this show on uh, on season one was their first time really working with each other. So you can like when you compare that match to this match, you can tell that that's where all those years of uh, working in the industry and at the same time working individual matches together. That's why they were able to like tell a story where that original match on NXT, uh, they were just trying to like kind of run patterns where they were just trying to get one guy out of the way and not, not knowing how to fight each other when all three were in the ring at the same Mm -hmm. time. But this match was like perfect demonstration of how to actually run a triple threat match yeah like triple threat matches can go like a bunch of different ways but most commonly they end up being over glorified one-on-one matches Mm -hmm. like you'll have some interaction between the three somebody gets to powder out for a while two guys go at it powder out switch powder out switch get everybody in yeah finish yeah yeah. or you just have one that kind of like takes that and makes it grander because then you have to get those moments where everybody collides with each other and then you'll get your finish. So this was just a, a very good, I thought, um, like textbook, how a triple threat should go. Yeah, no, I, I agree. (laughs) Awesome. So I'm going to stay with NXT takeover New York. Mm. And yeah, speaking of Mr. Dunn, I have, of course, the NXT UK championship match between Walter and Pete Dunn. Nice. So, yeah, going into this match, Pete Dunn had been the longest reigning champion overall in the WWE with what was it like? I don't know. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Not even going to go there since uh, since he beat bait for it. Yeah, that was great. That was actually a really good match. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, this, you know what? Bias me didn't want to put this match simply because Dunn lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I avoided this one. Yeah. But it was a damn good match. Mm-hmm. Like just to see the hard hitting nature of it. And it was just like 
for people who hadn't seen Walter, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a nice introduction to see him beat the crap out of somebody who beats the crap out of other people. Mm-hmm. So it was like, whoa. Yeah. And I believe this is when they already had their own takeovers as far as the, the NXT UK brand. Mm-hmm. So I think this was what made it extra special is that they had an NXT UK title match at it. I think this was the one of the first times that they had it at takeover since then, uh, since the UK title has had its own mm-hmm. uh, individual special. So I think that's what made it extra special that they just had these guys on there as what it seemed like a bonus match. But to me, it, it ended up being probably the match of the night just because of how crazy that they went with. with yeah, no, that one was off the wall. And um, yeah, no, nah, that was that was just an insane match. Um, what did he beat him with? Like top rope splash? Yeah. It's classic. Well, first he did like the top rope like awesome bomb is oh, that's right yeah awesome bomb that pool <laughs> and then he uh he finished them off with his uh his splash but i think in a weird way i i still know that nxt brings the high caliber of matches but in a weird way it kind of feels like nxt uk was like the original nxt at takeover mm. where but i what i mean by that is that it seemed like they were if you thought that NXT was already hungry compared to the main roster, it just seemed like Walter and Pete Dunne were hungrier than what NXT because they had to help get their brand yeah. over, like the NXT. You like that match yeah. was pretty much a torch passing, yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah. Pete Dunne, who put the NXT UK brand on his back essentially, yeah, when he won the title, and yeah. then, like they kind of started it from him and kind of built it up from there, mm-hmm. so like. It was pretty much him passing a torch like, here, dude, this is what I built up. Don't F it up. Yeah. Or like, yeah. this is, you know, now, like, you guys, it's time to, like, do this without me. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to go do my thing, like, now in the, the U.S. NXT and represent our country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, in the U.S. now. So, like, that's really cool for him. Um, You know, just the way that that match was really, like, symbolic. I, I like that one. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's. Probably one of my favorite ones, just based on that. Cool. That what? was a really good one. You know what? Um, I'm going to throw a random one in here. All right. And I actually have from uh, June 26. It was one of the opening matches from Breakout Tournament. Ah. It was uh, Joaquin Wow versus Angel Garza. Right, right, right. I right. really like that match just because it took two dudes that I'm pretty sure everybody watching had no idea who they are. And then uh, I had remembered Wild from Impact yeah. TNA as, uh, what was he like? DJ Z, I think? Yeah, he was, oh, God, yeah, he was DJ Z. And then before that, he was Zima Ion. Oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was Zima Ion. And then, uh, so just to kind of see him now in NXT, I was like, oh, man, this dude was dope. I wonder if he's still dope. And it's like, oh, he's still dope. <laughs> and then that food Garza did the, the pant rip, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I lost it. I yeah. just couldn't. What? But that was a good one. Wild reminds me of what I mean, you know, this this is me not trying to talk negative about people, but based on backstage talk with TJP, just him just like not getting along with people. Wild to me just seems like what they wanted to do with TJP if he was like more of a compliant. Yeah, compliant, yeah, basically. You know, this you know, it's kind of messed up for a while because he wouldn't have got signed. Yeah. If TJP was what they wanted from TJP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. now they have a second chance mm-hmm. with, you know, him with Wild and it's like, "All right, look, I mean, no offense to him, but 
like you're the new Filipino dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's all on you, buddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of similar to what the whole Miles situation was where you can of course he ends up winning that one, but they were having uh they were trying to building up build him up to something later on and then everything happened there. Mm-hmm. And now with uh with Swerve, it just seems like Swerve is now kind of taking. He's going to be the main beneficiary there. So, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, TJP now working out, opening up doors for basically um Wild and I think like with Shotzi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like they, you no, know, no knock to either of them. Like they probably wouldn't have really needed them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like TJP could have opened the door for both of them. Yeah, and he kind of did. And at the same time, he just closed the door on himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I yeah. enjoy. I don't really feel like I've seen Wild since. I but, think he's. I think he's coming back from an injury. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that that was a dope little match. They yeah. went like a hundred and five percent. Yeah. It was a nice quick sprint of a match just to introduce them both. And Garza came up with that win. Yeah. And I like I like Angel Garza a lot. I like that dude. Yeah. You can tell that based on that match alone that he was one of the guys that stood out from the eight uh, guys that they brought up from the PC, mm-hmm. and he made the most out of it by introducing his persona and his characteristics in that match yeah he did the best um i mean like, he didn't win the tournament yeah. but what him and swerve did the best yeah yeah yeah. out of that whole thing of really like putting themselves over that's like, true we really still haven't like grimes is dope but he just yeah. that's all he is yeah, yeah he's yeah. got really not too much character and then what uh bronson i was about to call him jonah rock uh, <laughs> bronson <laughs> Bronson Reed should be way more dope than what he is. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. don't know what to do with him. Yeah. I don't know what to do with him either. Because yeah. to me, he just remind, like I'm not saying he just remind me, but it's like right now he seemed like just uh if you took Jeff Cobb and Samoa Joe and mix them together, yeah, and they just got a little bit bigger, yeah, you get Bronson Reed. And I like this dude. I like him. What they call him? Um, oh the something strong style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Damn it, I forgot what it was. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, but I like that dude. He rem- uh-huh. To me, he reminds me of a hybrid between Brodus Clay and Taz. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, he's kind of has like the Brodus body, but he has the moveset of uh, of like a Taz. And the height of like Taz. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. If you took Brodus Clay, Samoa <laughs> Joe, Taz. And Jeff Cobb. And, and Jeff Cobb and mixed together, you got Bronson yeah, Reed yeah. representing for everybody down there. And another, Much respect to him. And another Aussie. Another Aussie. Yep, I love it. <laughs> awesome. No, I... I I'm glad that you mentioned uh, a match from the uh, the breakout tournament because it was a really good one. And of course, now it depends on how long they want to wait until they do another one. But I'm glad that we had they did for the most part, they did a good job of putting those eight guys over and at least four of them are now making the most of it. Yes, yeah, Swerve will be a <laughs> he'll be like cruiserweight or a North American. Oh, champ yeah, next yeah. Year. yeah, for sure. I, I can totally say that. Cool. So my next one is actually from NXT TakeOver Toronto and kind of going back to the points that we were having with Adam Cole. This one was their second uh, two out of three falls match where now Cole is the champion Mm. going up against Johnny Gargano. And yeah, I was kind of rewatching the the video promo uh, before you got here. And what I liked about just this is going to be kind of like a mix of where it's not so much about the match itself because the match itself is still really, really good. But I think it's more of doing it where they did the perfect blend of the theatrics of wrestling and the actual wrestling in wrestling, mm-hmm. where 
it was just a simple storyline because they have already had like these great matches with the first uh, two out of three falls match and then the singles match that you picked for mm-hmm. uh, the NXT 25. And then this one is like their third match to complete the trilogy and to kind of close out their beef with each other where they brought back all that history. And on top of that, now Cole has built like that cocky, uh, that cockiness where it's like he's uh, he thinks he's like God at that point Mm -hmm. where he's now he's not like he's not like a humble champion anymore. Now he he knows he's like, I guess, like the shit at that point. Mm -hmm. And he just did this simple storyline where he was like doing the Adam Cole uh, championship tour. So he was just going to different places, just like gloating that he was like the NXT champion. And then he went to Johnny Gargano's dad's restaurant, like Mm -hmm. a a pizza restaurant. And he just like bought a bunch of pizzas from him and was like kind of clowning him and like his, uh, his family and, and everything that he had about Johnny Gargano in, in his restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then he went to Gargano's, uh, was it his training school or like the yeah school? yeah and then he punked out like his pretty much his developmental like talent there. it just such good heel work where he's just like kind of saying like oh yeah like i'll show you like what a real champ is and just it, it he just made the the feud like perfect where he took it to that personal level because before i don't think it was that personal where they were just no nah, it wasn't they just it, have in ring beef yeah yeah they were just trying to like one up each other and now what makes it so special is that usually it's either a heel that's chasing the title that gets personal but this is the champion already he's the champion he doesn't need to like keep beefing with him but now he's the one that like is going on the offense Mm -hmm. by getting in his challenger's head and he won and he won (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i think really made that match amazing is that they they did the build-up and the storyline perfectly where i think that's what the main roster kind of struggles on raw and smackdown is that they either go too goofy with like the feud going into the the match itself or they don't build it enough. And I think this was perfect where it accumulated to everything that they had done before and it took it to that personal level that made sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that, that was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, how, he like when he didn't do like a um, Panama sunrise from like top rope or something like that. Yeah, because what they had done is each fall was actually a stipulation. So I think the first fall was just like a standard uh, singles, like one on one. I think the second one was like either a submission one, and then the third one mm-hmm. I think was yeah. like, like a steel cage. I yeah, think. It was like out of nowhere. Hey, yeah. let's get a cage. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, that was a dope match. I yeah. remember that one. That was intense. Yeah, he did all that crap talk, and then like still backed it up. It's yeah. like, come on, <laughs> bud, you can't let him do all that to you and still win. Yeah, like he punked him out in front of his family. He and, went and, and his people, dad, his <laughs> students, yeah. like, and he beat him. Yeah. Like, now what, chump? Yeah, we ain't seen him since. I think. Yeah. No, I actually know uh, Finn Balor took him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that to me is kind of like the trifecta and my, my favorite, not my favorite, but I think it was kind of like what we were talking about with Lesnar and Heyman that mm-hmm. it's the overall package. Like that was the the way to end that that trilogy. Nice. All right. Dope. All right. And um, let's stay with Johnny Gargano. Oh, Okay. And I'm gonna say Gargano v Ricochet take over Phoenix. Ah, yes, yes. Wait, now, now it's where Gargano beat Ricochet for the title. Yeah, that was dope. I remember that match was just insane. So, whoa, what is this? Oh mm-hmm. man! And I don't know why I didn't think he was gonna win. Yeah, but he won. Yeah. Just simply put, that was just a, a good match. I thought between the two of them to kind of set up that 
that dual kind of championship reign with uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Yeah. When they were holding top two titles and being little crapheads. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I really liked that match. That was a good one. Because it was kind of the blend where was he still kind of like a tweener or was he like a full heel going into the match? I can't I think remember. he was uh, he had I think he was tweening. Yeah. And then the full heel turn came when he celebrated with Ciampa. Oh, okay. Because I think oh, like, yeah, either yeah. Ciampa retained or something like that later. Yeah. Against Alistair, not, but maybe whoever that was against. But yeah. then like, you know, they had you know, like he was walking back up the ramp or something like that and then like Gargano came out yeah, to the yeah, ramp yeah. with him. Yeah. And they was both holding their titles. Yeah. So like that was really dope. It was like, oh, oh, yeah, Johnny, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was when uh I think Candace was still like, I really are you gonna go back? It, it felt like they're married, but they it felt like they were. He was, she was worried about him cheating with, yeah, with like Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. not sure you want to go back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh so the match I had next, going back to uh, regular NXT programming. So this, I believe, was still. This was probably one of the last matches on regular NXT network version where where it was still the hour format. And I'm going to go with the NXT tag team title match between the Street Profits versus Undisputed Era. Mm. This is when the Profits were still the champion. And to kind of go back to the uh, uh, Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee match, this was also on the same episode. So this one was on episode... uh, this was NXT August 28th, uh, 2019. So to me, this was probably also hands down my favorite episode of NXT TV of the entire year mm-hmm. because it was still one of the last episodes that was in the hour format. But the way that that episode just flowed, it was literally where I think it was probably 56 minutes of uh, content. But to me, it felt like it was 10 minutes mm. just because from start to finish, we had EO Shirai open the show against uh, just like a random jobber. And, you know, this was when EO was also just getting over her new persona and everyone was just like red, you know, red hot over her. Mm-hmm. So the build up with that and then you had the uh, Dominic and, and Lee match right after that. And then you had the slow build where... uh Baszler was kind of just like the shit at this point too. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, that's where we had the surprise uh, of um, Rhea Ripley come out to just like face her one, mm. not face her, but just like go face to face with her. Yeah. So the way that they just kind of pulled out all the stuff, not, you know, all the stops for this, this show. And then at the end we had this tag team title match. Then I think it was just the perfect storm of like, it was just a really good show I don't know why they were just, you know, pulling out an amazing show with this one when it wasn't even the the first show to go on USA at this point. <laughs> but I think they just really wanted to make a statement that this is what they were offering at this point. True. And yeah, this tag team title match was really good. And at the end, yeah, this is where I think they were also starting to build up the whole storyline of Undisputed era trying to be like the golden prophecy where mm, they won all the titles yeah because adam cole has already won the championship and at this point then uh what was it ford was trying to do his trademark uh frog splash missed it and then fish and o'reilly hit the uh double elimination yeah the, total elimination total, total elimination 
for the victory and they uh won the tag team titles again so at this point uh roddy strong was still the only one that needed to uh capture the gold but true that but yeah they just made this overall episode feel really special and this match was really good in itself and really made uh that storyline for them trying to capture the gold even better at that point nice okay I really agree with that match. That was a good match. Now that I'm thinking about that episode, that was a good one yeah, as hell. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's dope about that is that I'm going to stay with the Street Profits. Mm. And I'm going to go. I, I don't know why I didn't put where this match happened. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I got Street Profits, the the ladder match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. them against uh, Undisputed Era, Lorcan and Birch and the Forgotten Sons. Yeah. Like, there are teams in there you knew weren't going to win. <laughs> well, no offense to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It was a real good, uh, I thought it was a real dope showing for the Forgotten Sons. Oh, right. For right, sure. Yeah. Because for them, it was just like, <laughs> it's like they do all this complaining about being forgotten. Yeah. And like, I still forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It was like in that match right there, that's where they showed why they shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah. So I liked that one there. And then that was like the ultimate payoff for like, the street profits to get that win yeah because it was like for especially for dawkins it was almost like when um american alpha finally won it yeah yeah so yeah. for this oh, yeah, yeah exactly. for them to get that and then like the way they did it was real dramatic it was a nice finish i really liked this match like, yeah i that I, was a good one i could be wrong too but i think that was actually the street profits and the forgotten sons first takeover matches i well. think you're right yeah 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 so i think that's what made it even more special that uh for those guys to finally get their opportunity at a takeover and it being their first takeover then yeah it was and uh, as you know like Lorcan and birch they're just old school badass dudes that just just take so much punishment and they really gave a lot in this match too yeah from what so I remember. that was a dope one it was just a good match the all the way around like you knew Lorcan and birch weren't gonna win it yeah you knew the forgotten sons weren't gonna win it and yeah, it was yeah. like are the street profits really gonna win it right now yeah, yeah and yeah. then like for them to finally get it like that was insane and it was like during that time where they like i think they still kind of do it now but yeah. like they opened up with the multi-man match the yeah. tag team title match and it set the tone for the rest of the night real dope yeah it i think the only thing that i remember not enjoying and one and it wasn't even anything about the match itself was just how they had booked the um the viking experience slash warriors slash uh <laughs> war machine <laughs> whatever you want to call them because I think they were just in like a really weird state where they had won the tag team titles earlier in the year, I believe. And then they were just kind of like bouncing around back and forth between the main roster and staying on NXT. And then they just, yeah, just kind of randomly. At first, I thought the Street Profits were going to beat them on NXT TV because they had a really good match as well. Yeah. uh, On that episode where it was kind of the the Raiders uh, farewell match. Didn't they just leave the title? <laughs> they just left the titles. Yeah. Yeah. So we're I, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that was the only thing I didn't like is that they just didn't drop it to the street profits, but because of that, then they vacated the titles and then they had this amazing ladder match. Mm-hmm. To, for so the- yeah, no, that was a great match. I think it, it just, uh, it spoke a lot for the, the profits and the forgotten sons. Yeah. 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 Nice. Really, really good pick. So, oh, and that one was also from uh, NXT Takeover Twenty Five. Nice, <laughs> cool. So, uh, my next one is also from a TV episode, and this one is actually let me 
double check here. So this one is actually from the very first episode of NXT on USA. So the debut episode. So this one happened on September 18th, 2019. Mm-hmm. And this was actually the very first match on USA, which was the uh, fatal four way to get the women's number one contendership. Nice. So this one was between Candice LeRae, M- Mia Yim, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair. And yeah, so this is literally the, this is going to be one of those um, history making matches because it was the first NXT match on USA. And yeah, I can't tell you enough of how excited I was because this wasn't the start of the Wednesday Night Wars yet because NXT had a, a two week head start. Mm. So this was their first show on USA. So there was already enough like hype going on this show. And I was kind of thinking the same thing, uh, the same thing too, of like what was going to open the show. And when I saw that it was going to be this match, I was like super happy because at this point, all four of these women were so good and so like hyped up and uh, high caliber mm-hmm. that I couldn't have thought of a better way to sh- start, you know, the show and to showcase people what NXT was because you're thinking about. I guess from like a technical standpoint, you're thinking of the technicality of like, this is women. You, you, you know, if you're an old school fan, like from raw and SmackDown, granted, we have the women's revolution that is still there, but this is where it originally kicked off in NXT and to showcase that, you know, these are four badass women who are on top of their game to start to show. Uh, they really stepped up to the play and did like a really good match. And all four of them had really good chemistry, kind of like what we were talking about with the triple threat match where, this is even harder because it's a fatal four way. So mm-hmm. how are you going to have like four of these women, like, com- you know, be compatible with each other, but they just had an amazing match. Nice. No, you know what? That was a really good match. And like, I'm glad you used that one because I'm going to splinter off of that. Mm-hmm. But no, that was a really dope match. And it was, I think it was very, very good for them to usher in their new era. Yeah. Kind of, you know, starting it off the way that they did, like, you know, just to, to, to eliminate that like gender gap yeah yeah, and just do that for sure that was dope that was a really good match yeah and then now if i could just pull two matches from those participants yeah (laughs) i I got uh io shirai versus candice larray at takeover toronto oh that was like probably one of my favorite matches of the year okay nice like i really like that match i remember watching it and like i think that was like the first takeover match for Shirai once she went like dark yeah, yeah so like that was really dope to kind of see her whole new entrance and then like Larray came with it she brought it um th- yeah so that's probably I would say in my top five NXT probably like NXT slash WWE matches of the oh, year wow. yeah, I yeah, really yeah. like that match yeah 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 and then uh, did you have that one what's that did you have that one I did not but okay but yeah 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 I I think I'll piggyback off of of that one once I get my feedback. Nice. Where no, I I agree, and I I think I had put that also in my uh, honorable mentions as well because kind of similar to what you were saying, where that one didn't have any real type of stipulation. I don't even know if it was for a number one contender. Nah, it was yeah. just beef. Yeah, it was just it beef. Was just- <laughs> oh right, right. Because okay, so I guess to, to set it up now that you said it, yeah, is because EO had a match with. Uh, Shayna Baszler and I believe it was her last opportunity at the title mm-hmm. and yeah, I think it was in the cage right in the cage, yeah, and yeah. Then she hit the moonsault on uh, <laughs> on uh, I think on um, 
Larray, like when she was mad. She oh no, I think it was where she was aiming for Baszler and hit uh Candace mm. instead. And then at that point, yeah, like Baszler made the most out of out of the distraction and beat her. And then after the match, then Larray was trying to go and like talk to her and like say, Oh, I'm sorry, I was just trying to and help she you. She went with it and yeah, she yeah. beats snot out of her. <laughs> Thus uh making heel Shirai happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. I think that's what made it special is that just having that kind of storyline of them beefing and then fighting each other on TV and then finally building it up to uh to this takeover mm-hmm. match. That, so that was that I thought that was just a really good wrestled match between yeah. those two. Yeah. And then the other one I'll pull from those uh, participants from your four way yeah would be uh from november 13th episode of nxt yep, yep. that's what i have yo shirai <laughs> versus me yim in the ladder yeah, match yeah. so i think that's our first uh mutual match because <laughs> of course so on, so that might have to you know depending on the, you know the, the the rest of the contenders that might be our overall match of that the might year. be the half k uh nxt match of the yeah, year yeah. man <laughs> So let's break this down. So this was, uh, of course, on the build to NXT War Games, mm-hmm. where both teams, Team Ripley and Team Baszler, were building up their teams. And this one was to have the advantage in War Games. So they had a briefcase, but it was just a standard NXT logo mm-hmm. briefcase. And whoever can pull it down would get the team advantage going into the 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 special. So I think it was the same thing, too, where they had... Uh, Shirai and Yim had run a match a couple of weeks ago before this. It was just like a singles match. And I remember messaging you and saying like, oh, these two have really good chemistry. And it was just like a regular like TV match. Mm-hmm. So then when they had announced this match as well, I mean, this is also on TV, but they had also when they announced this one being a ladder match, I was like, oh man, they're about to run it back and now add this stipulation. This this is a match that I really want to watch. And I remember I was watching because this was also the main event. This was also the main event of the show. Yeah, yeah. So I think I remember watching the show and streamed it here and there where I was watching the other matches on XT. But I was saving this one because I wanted to give it my full attention. Mm -hmm. And then I think after work, I finally just put it on. And yeah, to me, it was probably one, if not the best women's match on NXT. And same thing, like, if not on the whole wwe banner you know yeah no that was a really dope match like everything was super hard hitting but that's what you get wrestling io shirai Mm -hmm. you just can't avoid it and you know like medium is tough as nails yeah she went in there like champ they both went in there like beat dogs (laughs) not each other so like you know that's that asian girl magic yeah it is i don't know what it was but that was just a really good match on TV. Yeah. Especially like, <laughs> that, that was literally a free takeover match on free TV. Free <laughs> takeover match on TV. Yeah. What I think what made it, and I don't know if you got this feeling too, this gave me somewhat of a, of a flashback of The Undertaker versus Mankind at their infamous Hell in a Cell match mm. because it was one of those things where once Yim took like that famous spot of her holding the ladder and the she, spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And her just like gushing out and just like, bleeding it kind of threw me in that mindset of like okay they're just gonna try to end this match because like she's injured so shirai might just like hit a like a kick or something just or a quick moonsault just to get the victory Mm -hmm. and that's what reminded me of mankind and the undertaker that i thought once uh taker had uh thrown mankind through the cage like 
of course, you know, throwing him off the cage, you thought the match was over then. But, <laughs> As if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But then once he did the chuck slam through the ring, and then uh, I thought that's what they were just going to have take her pin him and that's it. So I thought the same thing too. Like after that spot, I thought they were just going to either call the match off or sure I was going to just do a quick win. So like they would just like end the match and not have Yim get injured even mm-hmm. more. But then they just kept going and nope. they, they just kept running even more spots and it was Ross ridiculous. Wall from there, man. That was an insane match. Nice. Absolutely loved it. You know what? <laughs> and I think that's it for me. Oh, okay. Let's so, see. Yeah, that's it for me. Okay. So my last one, yeah, it comes just with the last WWE pay-per-view, I guess, kind of, <laughs> was uh, at Survivor Series with uh, the NXT Championship with Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne. You know what? <laughs> I was looking really hard for a Pete Dunne match that I that singles match, and that one totally slipped my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say that that is also my 10th. Yeah, Because yeah. I only had nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And yes, no, that was a... And I just didn't think about looking at Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, you're right. That was a great match. Actually, I love that match. <laughs> that is also, like, as I now I think about it, that is, like, for sure in my top five as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, best matches of the year. I think what made that match even more special is that both of these guys literally wrestled incredible matches the night before at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. And so you think it was, especially the way, I mean, Survivor Series was a great pay-per-view overall too. But the way this match was kind of set up there, it was more of a, I think each champion had their own matches in, in their own brand that night where I think it was, uh, what was it? Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the main champions had matches in their own brands. Yeah, yeah. And the stuff that was up for like bragging rights no pun intended for yeah. the other pay-per-view yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, were um, multi-man matches. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this one was the same thing too, where on paper I was like, well, these two are amazing. They're going to have a good match, but I wasn't thinking anything of it because, you know, they literally just wrestled crazy matches the night before, mm-hmm. but just seeing how much of uh, amazing athletes that these two guys are, that they went out there and did the same thing that they always do and stole the show. And I think, yeah, not only was that the best match on that pay-per-view, it's like one of the best matches of the year. So. Definitely. That like the finish was insane and make any sense <laughs> yeah, yeah. to spring out of a what a bitter end to yeah. a, like a Panama sunrise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nuts. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Yeah. The physics of that don't make no sense. Yeah. That's the type of stuff you do in video games. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I loved every second. Of it, that was a great match from start to finish, and then yeah. he blew the back of his head out with that uh last <laughs> was it last shot? The last shot, yeah, nice, yeah, it was perfect. So yeah, I kind of looking at the list, I'm just gonna see that we have a lot of duns in there. <laughs> we also have a lot of uh Adam Cole's. I had a lot of stuff that had Johnny Gargano in it. Surprisingly, in okay. So I had Cole Gargano, Gargano Ricochet, and then DIY versus UE. Yeah, and then I and but then like if I'm looking at the, like as much as I tried to fight it, like almost all the matches in here either had done like either had like a UE person or somebody yeah, from yeah, DIY. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think overall we're gonna. Let's just be neutral here <laughs> and say that our favorite women's match was the ladder match between Io Shirai yes. and Mia Yim. And our males was probably Adam Cole versus Pete Dunn. <laughs> yes, that is very fair. <laughs> but yeah, I like just kind of what we just mentioned, like how you just saw that 
in total, we had over 10 matches combined that were our favorites. And that's still not even like including all the other matches that we put like on our honorable mention. So mm-hmm. when you look at the wrestling landscape and just see just NXT on its own and it's just individual brand, like it was probably one of their their top years and this is on top of nxc already have you know been killing it since uh let me let me look this up have been doing takeovers since 2014 and i can tell you right off the bat they've never had a bad takeover Mm -hmm. so it's just crazy to know that five years in with this last one they still have been like not just this takeover but this overall year that they've just been setting the bar, the setting the bar even higher and higher. You know, it's like you know, NXT honestly is what the WWE has always been good for, mm-hmm. minus the politics. Mm. Because SmackDown and Raw have politics now; they have all these sponsors that they have to appease. They have networks they have to appease yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like NXT, still for the most part is just a sports entertainment show. Yeah, yeah like. Yeah. You get your storylines. Some of them are absurd. Yeah. Some of them are not. You get your talent. They give you good matches. Like NXT is the culmination of like everything that they have acquired like over the years. Yeah. And just like did it in house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they still pull in talent. Like that's always going to be their thing. They're going to pull talent elsewhere and then make them in-house stars yeah like they've been doing that for years and they're never gonna stop doing that yeah but like nxt right now is probably the purest thing that is wwe yeah but like and then ron like raw especially is like the most clustered thing in the world yeah yeah, yeah. just they're probably having the most fun though yeah (laughs) but then like smackdown you know it's they have to appease fox yeah yeah, so it's like NXT is still like you just get what you want from the WWE. This is what NXT is what you want Raw and SmackDown to be. So that's why they give you NXT. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they can't do that with Raw and SmackDown. So like that's where they're still saying like, look, you could talk all this trash about WWE that you want. But if you love NXT, you love WWE. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Like period. So it's like you give them all the hate you want, but they're still the purveyors of NXT. And that's what's really the, the brand that's like I think you compare to everything else. Yeah. Because that's like just in-house made. They don't really have to deal with too much bureaucracy. Like, you know, they have to appease USA, but it's still not as much bureaucracy. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like, that's what you really like in, in a pit of my mind. I think new Japan is trying to compete with, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, AEW is trying to compete with like, they're not like no offense to them and what they're doing because they have great talent and great everything, but they're just not on the global level of the right, WWE. Right, yeah. So it's like for people to bash them and then just be like, oh, I can't why to, to say the things like, well, how come WWE can't be like AEW is almost blasphemous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because AEW is chasing NXT. Yeah. Or like they're going neck and neck with them. Yeah. So like, you know, that's why it's like really cool to just see, you know, NXT being what it is as an in-house alternative to Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Like you could just watch WWE produce content and still get some of the best professional wrestling in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, looking at what they give to you. So like that that's like a nod off to them and like my hat always goes off to WWE for what they do. Yeah. Cuz they're just good at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've pretty much hit the head on the nail on the head where I I kind of was thinking about this the other day where when we had WCW and 
uh, WWE that we had that alternative that we could go to when when there was like an episode of Raw or SmackDown that we didn't like because there was too much of the theatrics mm-hmm. that we could watch at least WCW with the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. And we had that lull for the longest time after 2001 where at that point we just had WWE that we had to, you know, just watch. So we had to seek out alternatives like TNA mm-hmm. or, uh, or the indie scene or ROH to kind of fulfill that aspect of wrestling where we, we just wanted to watch wrestling on a wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. Like you really just wanted to see that shit from WWE. Yeah. But they weren't giving it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went somewhere else for it. We still checked in on WWE as like your primary thing yeah, that yeah, you yeah. wanted to invest like your storyline following. Yeah. Like I can't really tell you what the hell the cruiserweights were doing back in the day in WCW. Yeah. But I can tell you who Val Venus was beefing with. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah. but you know, like that's just not what I was watching WCW for. I just wanted to see the NWO beat somebody up mm-hmm. and good wrestling matches from like TV title down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like now, you know, that's exactly what you're getting. But you know, they give you now like storylines and all that stuff. So it's like it's almost like the WWE is still doing the same thing that they've been doing. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just throw you in like if you was one of the loyal fans and you were still paying attention, you don't get a dope ass match on Raw just randomly out of nowhere. You're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, thanks for watching. And but then you gonna get like a whole bunch of crap in between. Yeah, so, yeah. So then at that point, yeah, you could just tune in on Wednesdays and just like have all of the good wrestling if you want that. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. that's really, I mean like, I kind of watch Raw and SmackDown. I don't even know what I'd be watching. It's just yeah. kind of like, it's on, I'm getting ready to power down for the day. And yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but then like, you know, NXT and AEW, I have to like figure out which one of these I'm about to give my yeah, attention yeah, to. Yeah. And then the next one is going to be watched the next day. Yeah, yeah. Like in the entirety too. So it's, that's just like the Wednesday Night Wars are just a reincarnated version of the Monday Night Wars. Mm-hmm. And then you got the outliers who are there to just kind of like keep you entertained when you like more niche things. That's all ECW was. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like a very niche thing. They had some dope just wrestling, but the whole thing was a gimmick. Yeah. Like the whole company was a gimmick. So yeah. I, you only watch that in doses. Yeah. To me. Yeah. But, you know. Cool. So that was our overall match wrap up of 2019 for NXT. We'll do a quick rapid fire where we won't spend, let's just say, a sentence about some of the guys who we think stand out from the year, just because we wanted to kind of give them their uh, their fair share as well, where we probably have a, like a match that we like from them, but we know that their time is in the future, where they're definitely mm-hmm. going to peak in the future. So kind of just going through it, I think you were right with Angel Garza, where just that match that he had, like already, if you're already pulling out this high caliber match on your first TV mm-hmm. match on NXT, then the future is going to be super bright for him. Yeah. No, uh, Andrew Garza is dope. Um, I like him a lot. I think he has a lot of charisma. Like I just, I maybe the barrier with him, maybe like language. Yeah. So I'm not sure how his English is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so then from there, I think for me, the other guy that we were talking about was yeah, uh, Cameron uh, Grimes, where same thing. He had a really good showing in the finals of the breakout tournament and then he's been having some really good matches on week week to week TV. So I think the same thing for him that 2020 is also going to be a breakout year for him. I agree. Yeah. Cameron Grimes is, is really dope. Um, I don't really know much about him other than the fact that he wrestles good and dresses plain. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Then I think I'm going to have to just combine the two with Dakota Kai <laughs> and Tegan Knox because they they literally just got started with their uh their team feud. kick team kick is now 
team kicking each other's ass. <laughs> yeah, that's all. They're going to they're going to be like Sheamus and Cesaro real quick, but like they're not going to come back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Dakota Kai too. I think uh th- like this year coming up is really going to be her breakout from being um Kiwi uh <laughs> Kiwi oh, Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think my boy uh Damien Priest will also start I think he's probably going to win the North American title. Oh, definitely. No, yeah. yeah, he'll be he'll be North American champ. Yeah. Before the end of the year. Uh and then kind of how we were saying earlier with uh, Lee and Dijakovic, unless Lee moves up, I think they're definitely going to win the tag team titles. Definitely. And then maybe that's going to be their payoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think Swerve is on the money as well with him going, getting the uh, cruiserweight title and then possibly the North American. Title. Yeah, he'll go beef with. Um, that was the, the moth. Uh Man of the Hour. Uh, oh, uh, Leo Rush. Leo Rush. <laughs> My boy. Ah, he's right there. <laughs> and yeah, I, now that I look at him, Killian Dane, I think, has done a really good job of filling that Lars Sullivan role. But yeah. I, and I like Dane more, <laughs> which uh, I think works out in itself. Yeah, I don't mess with uh, Lars Sullivan. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kushida is an interesting one because he's kind of just like that uh, special attraction like role. But I don't know what they're doing with him. But Hopefully we'll see. And, you know, he's about to come back soon. So I, I wonder, like, if they're just going to throw him in the cruiserweight or go oh, for like yeah, the Oh, yeah, nah. Kushida has to go cruiserweight. Yeah. If, if you want him to be successful. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. So I think uh, with Matt Riddle, it'll be interesting if if we do want to keep it where the main three with Gargano, Champa, Champa. and Cole being in the main event, if they're going to stay there. Balor has to go there at some point. Too. Yeah, exactly. It's too crowded for Riddle in the main title scene. Yeah. So I think at that point, either one of the three goes to Raw and SmackDown. And that's the only way I can see Riddle being added into the title picture. He might get taken off of NXT before he gets the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's going to be either way where Riddle goes to Raw or SmackDown or one of the other three guys are going to head. Yeah, over. yeah, I agree. Yeah. And yeah, Yim, I think. Yim is, I think, in the same boat as Riddle, I think, where I think she could be that solid workhorse on Raw and SmackDown if they just, like, want to pull her up, you know? I, You know what? I want to, like, I don't see Mia Yim going to the main roster. Mm. I see Mia Yim staying on NXT and just kind of, like, running the roost there, but never really getting a title, maybe? I think, yeah, I think that's why I think she'll be better on the main roster because yeah. I think not to say anything about like Dana Brooke, but I think it's the same thing where I didn't see Dana Brooke build up on NXT to become the women's champion. Mm, no, never. Yeah. So I think Yim is kind of on the same boat where I don't think she's going to win it, but she could be like a, a key athlete to put over the younger talent on the main roster. True, true. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe like repay her with a whichever brand is least important title reign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No offense, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I think Rhea Ripley takes a title from Baszler finally. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So I think that's why I don't see Yim getting an opportunity in 2020 because Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be the year of of Ripley at that point. And yeah, Baszler. The Riptide. The Riptide. (laughs) And then Baszler, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure is going to start doing what Ronda Rousey isn't doing and, you know, just tearing up Raw and SmackDown (laughs) later. Yeah. But, you know, like her friends need to, you know, Skeletor and <laughs> and Mrs. Strong need to, like, get their game together, man. Like, get them a shirt. Yeah. That's it. First step, give them shirts. Yeah. This whole let's play, let's fight thing, corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you doing them like that? 
I just looking at this dude, I think hopefully they do something with Shane Thorne, man, because he's he's been he's having, stuck. I feel so bad for him. I know he's stuck, but he has some really good matches. They should just throw him with Buddy Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Just make him just make them TM six one. Yeah, yeah. F it. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. They just need to do something with him. So like they have a more regular just having like really good matches. Mm, yeah. Just have them be for a little bit on some Australian beefy type of stuff and yeah, then come yeah. together and just go away for a month and come back as TM61. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can. Yeah. I think hopefully with the new like if they end up moving some of the women because right now, like I said, the, the main four from that four way are the top tier women that I think if uh, Tainara and Tegan Knox Dakota Kai and with Shotzi Blackheart coming up, mm. I think they could be the next wave to kind of build up the division there. And then we'll see what they do with the main, the current main four women that they have on the roster. I agree. And yeah, exactly. And same thing with Zia Lee. Like you can put her in that same kind of picture of uh, the, the next wave of women. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's, uh, she get airtime because, I mean, no offense to her, Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they don't have too many of those. Yeah. On WWE TV. And she dope too. Like her are her arms keep getting buffer. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, she getting better in the ring little by little. Like the match against Baszler most recently maybe was a little bit rushed yeah, for her. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, you know, she did her best. Like you can see the, I like when you can see the effort. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's probably the the most one on the roster where you can just see that they are willing to like grow and expand. Like no, no disrespect to like Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne, but it seems like they're kind of stuck while Zaylee is constantly just trying to like improve herself. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and then I think the last one is, yeah, Velveteen Dream. And he'll, it's the same boat as him and, and Riddle where I think when he comes back, it just depends on how many spots we have at the yeah. top. Friend. I think you just like, just to do to do Velveteen Dream a solid for how good he is and how young he is, you just throw him in there. You just give him a, a NXT title run. Even it's just for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. It's yeah. like here, dude. Like you know, the the crowd will eat this up. Yeah, and then just give him a, a short title reign before calling him up to Raw and SmackDown because mm-hmm. they're going to eat that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see Velveteen Dream on SmackDown. Yeah, I see it too. <laughs> Easily, nice. Well, that does it for our overall recap of 2019. Hopefully you enjoyed this kind of spin-off bonus episode that mm-hmm. we have here. And uh, yeah, so a quick update on us. We will definitely be coming back for NXT Season 3. We are just kind of working out some of the scheduling and everything and mm-hmm. just getting our format down. But we will be back with you in early uh, 2020 kicking off season three and yeah we'll see what the feedback is with this episode to see if you want us uh you want us to cover more of the current era of nxt on you know special to special episodes here and there yes yes awesome did you uh did you have any plugs before we uh headed out here no i don't actually i don't until i hear some better news mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Opportunistic <laughs> places. Yes. <laughs> we'll have some better shout outs. But actually, you know what? I do have a shout out, and shout out goes to me, the L Dog, for um, uh, yes. since we've last went off the air, I've ventured into different things. I've gotten two rap battles under my belt um, with local battle league called BOTZ. We gave them a shout out once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd yeah, love to did. say. Um, but yeah, you know, your boy uh, is a battle rapper. So uh, give me some views. Look me up. L dog versus and just let whatever fills in after that <laughs> and check me out. I will make sure to put the links in this uh, episode as well. Yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, I think our my only plug for me is just the podcast in general that yeah will be coming back in early 2020. And also with Grow Canvas Grow, our parent company, we will be having some uh, some interesting projects coming up in the uh, later half of the year next year. And we'll hopefully make an announcement pretty soon as well in early 2020. So yay, yay. be on the lookout for that. Cool. So that does it for the Nando and the Larry. The Larry. <laughs> and we will catch you on the flippity flip. Goodbye. Yes. <laughs>